Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Ready, Craig? Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. That was my best. What, what was that dude's name? Michael something from the yeah, 90s? Michael Bu- Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer. No, no. Is that? Like, no, no, he's like the let's get ready to rumble guy. That's what I meant. Because he starts with, are you ready? And then they go, whenever. But the, no, know. but then like the, the Gary Glitter rock and roll part two starts with, are you ready? Like, no. doesn't it? No, that's. That's like a T-Birds thing. I'm thinking about about the T-Birds. Anyway, welcome to a podcast versus everybody. Hey, that's my job. Yeah, that's your job. Go, Craig. Hello, everyone, and welcome to podcast versus (laughs) everyone. This is Craig Powers, kookcenter.com. We will not be talking about Gary Glitter because he is a job. Oh, yeah. Look it up. Just Wikipedia Gary Glitter and then never listen to that song again. Yeah. Um, Uh, but anyway, so Jeff, how are you doing tonight? Oh, wait, sorry. My co-host, Jeff Neusser, also of KookCenter.com. You, you didn't tell one, me to say hello, Jeff. At, at one point, hang in with the noose. That's right. The the original, uh, I, it might even still exist. I don't even know. And now, you know, I'm, kinda, now I'm curious. The, the first, like, multiple years I knew you, no, I think but it was... It was the first while I knew you, and then the first Coog Center podcast we did way back in the day when it was, like, even more low quality than this. And uh, that was when I learned that your name was pronounced Nooser, and then your blog made a hundred <laughs> times more sense to me. You know what's hilarious? Um, it still exists. I'm looking at it right now. Awesome. The original one. I bet so if you ever really proud of a lot of the words you wrote on there. Too. Yeah. If uh, if any of our our intrepid listeners want to uh, see where my blog journey started, uh, you can go to hanginwithnoose.blogspot.com. <laughs> I started following Blogspot. I started reading you on the Cougar Hoops or whatever one. Yeah, the wsuhoops.wordpress.com. That that was the that was the next iteration. Yeah, and then and then uh, and then I followed you to. I never commented on that, but then Coug Center had a much more convenient commenting system. So. Oh man, some of so, my last posts here are like save the Sonic stuff. Oh. Uh, Anyway, back to happier things. Anyway, so, basketball. We'll get yeah, to that in a sec. We, we will. Um, we, for, for once, <laughs> we are looking forward to talking about Cougar Basketball. Like, we can't even wait. We mentioned it before the beer. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Yeah, we better talk about beer quick so we can talk about basketball. <laughs> All right. So, Jeff, uh, I assume you're not I, saw, I just saw one of your, your, your wife's Facebook posts talking about keto pizza. So, I'm assuming you're... You're still uh you're still uh on the wagon and I am I am but I did have beer over the weekend. Great. That that's kind of that's kind of my uh, my pattern right now is to have a have a beer on uh you know like on a Saturday or a Sunday. So uh so this week my my Saturday beer was uh the uh breakfast the bourbon barrel aged breakfast stout by Skookum. So I I bought all these beers at Skookum. So that's why I keep like 
drinking these skookum beers uh, on the podcast. That was the welcome last one. The, welcome to the skookum podcast. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, podcast episode. versus everyone brought to you by skookum, right? Maybe yeah. we should really, we should totally do that. I think we just stumbled into something. You know enough brewers, right? You, you just like, you went and had dinner at three mags tonight. You should be like, Hey, Hey, want to sponsor a podcast? We have like 200 listeners. Hey, I, I, I know Hollis Wood, the brewer of Skookum. I know you do. And he'd probably I be like, I met him. He, he, I know. I, yeah, we, <laughs> you've talked to him. So I, he'd probably be like, why the hell would I give you money if you're going to talk about my brewery for free every time? <laughs> you know, that's a really good point, actually. We kind of overplayed our hand, didn't we? <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I had the, uh, the, uh, the barrel-aged breakfast stout. Um, which is uh, normally I'm not a huge fan of breakfast stouts because uh, you know, the maple and, and the sweetness can tend to be pretty overpowering. I'm not a, yeah. not a big fan of, of just sweetness in general. Um, and so like a lot of, and, and obviously this isn't a milk stout, but a lot of like stouts that tend towards the sweet milky side kind of are not my favorites. Um, but this one has, you know, just the, just the right amount of maple to it. Um, it is not overpowering. You get some of the, um, there's some coffee in there. It's just, it's a, it is a perfect breakfast stout. Excellent. Yeah, no, that is an excellent beer. Um, the kind of, the, the lactose he puts in it gives it a real nice sort of milky body. Um, I actually don't know if I've drank this year's yet. Uh, I have a few in my fridge, but. Well, now I have something on you. Yeah. I have I, drank this year's. Also, the first time you had that beer, I gave you one. That is true. Year, so, that is true. So I guess you kind of have something on me. <laughs> uh, we did, I did have it at the uh, at the Brewers Night too that we did out at uh, Pint Defiance. Yeah. When uh, when Ransford came out there, Britain Ransford. Yeah. Came out. Yeah. Britain. Yeah. So um, anyway, we'll good talk beer. about Britain later when we talk about Cougar Country. Yeah. Some words with him. No, um, but uh, yeah. So, uh, did you actually think about your Gardner Minshew rating this week, or do I give you more time again? You know, I I did. I was trying to think of a good play where you know where the uh, the just, there was kind of a so so kind of thinking about the the maple flavor, right? So the maple flavor is kind of like the you know the syrup on top of the pancakes, right? Yep. And so you know I'm try, I was trying to think of a game. Um, where there was a play where it was just like an awesome play at the end that just makes you smile. That's just sort of like, you know, just the syrup on top of the pancakes, not like super spectacular, but just like just enough for you to go. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, so I'm kind of thinking something like, uh, you know, what was it, it? This wasn't at the end of the game, but maybe that uh, maybe that Tay or maybe it was at the end of the game. I can't remember anymore. But that Tay Martin catch where he beasted like two guys on the way to the end zone. Um, I think that yeah, was against Oregon State. Oregon State. Yeah, and he kind of he kind of did a Dion high step. Yeah, because they both both the Oregon State defenders kind of ran into each other and then fell down. Yeah. So uh, that was actually early in the game. No, I think it was fourth. <laughs> it was fourth quarter. Oh no, it was. It was. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So I was I was looking. He had two touchdowns. So there you go. He had a 27 yard touchdown pass. With nine minutes to go, that put us up 49 30 to kind of give us the breathing room. That's so fun. yeah. That's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Tay Martin, 27-yard touchdown pass, the maple syrup on top of the uh, Oregon State Beaver pancakes. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. Um, so uh, uh, with my beer, you can come on a come on a bit of a, a journey of my last week here. Um, so 
the night after we recorded the podcast last week, I got to get up super early and fly to Nashville for a, a work event. One of our one of our divisions that I work with was having an annual meeting, um, uh, and it was you know uh, fun times, you know, lots of free dinners and stuff. But um, as you know, Jeff, and as our listeners may not know, I lived in Nashville for a period of time, pretty much right when I like uh, right when. Probably about when I started writing for Kooks or just after. Um, yep. So, uh, so it's nice. I still have friends there and everything. So I got, you know, I stayed an extra night, which is actually a lot harder these days when you have a baby. But, <laughs> but uh, I stayed an extra night and and hung out with some people. It was really cool. I also because I was staying an extra night, it uh, turned out so there's a, uh, it turned out there was this uh, local brewery, which actually has come up since after I left Nashville, because Nashville has changed dramatically in the eight years since i've left uh the the area that this brewery is in was like nothing (laughs) (laughs) um so uh but now there's condos and shit everywhere um it's a lot like the way seattle has transformed in in some areas but um so this brewery is called bearded iris and they were having their third anniversary party uh, while i like literally like right when my meeting got over it was starting like right at the time so i like i just handed my hand because i was staying with my friends that night so i had to check out of my hotel but i just like threw my uh threw my baggage at the uh at the the valet and just like got in an uber and went straight there so i knew they were releasing some like pretty uh big beers like they're releasing a bunch of uh two different ipas a fruited kettle sour and then uh the most like biggest thing was to uh a barrel-aged barley wine, which was aged in Pappy Van Winkle barrels. Um, if you don't Ooh. know what Pappy Van Winkle is, it's this incredibly expensive, but also pretty damn delicious uh, uh, bourbon. And then uh, and then a stout also aged um, in Pappy Van Winkle barrels. So we get there. I'm expecting a line because they're updating it on their social. Um, I'm telling my Lyft driver, I'm like, hey, man, <laughs> like this is probably going to be weird. There's going to be like hundreds of people online for this. So yeah, I get in line. Um, it's it's a long wait, but you can drink in line. No one gives a crap. You can even go into the brewery because the party's already started and bring beers out to the line. Because what you're waiting in line for is the bottles. There's very limited number of bottles. So you know, I was like, hey, I'm I'm here. You know, I might as well see if I can track down bottles. But um, so I waited in line for these beers and stuff. Uh, one of the ones I got is one I'm drinking tonight. It's uh, called Joyride. I didn't try it at the brewery because I took a four pack with me um this is an all nelson hazy ipa uh nelson is a hop from new zealand um it's probably if you'd compare it more most closely to a u.s hop would be mosaic um but not exactly like that it's got a little bit of a different flavor but it does have the same sort of like dank like finish that can border on cat pee if you're not good with it and it was interesting there uh they also made an IPA called Triple Home Style, which is a play on their base beer home style um, that was made with all mosaic. So they kind of went they went with these two really dank hops for their a couple of their anniversary beers. That's what I'm drinking right now. It's a it's a hazy IPA. Um, before I get into rating that, I'm gonna tell little talk a little bit more because I did get to try those barley wines and I did I I missed out on bottles of those. Um, I did make some friends in line. We were having a good old time um drinking the everything and then uh uh i did so i did try the barley wine 
on draft and the, and then the stout and bottle later um, with some friends. Um, so it's an interesting story about Tennessee is when I lived there, it was 6% alcohol was like basically technically the cap on beer you could do. Like if you were a brewery um, and it, to do more than that, you had to get a distillery license. So when I first moved there, uh, Yazoo was the main craft brewery, and they were making a beer called Sioux, and it, it was a smoke porter that came in at 9%, and they just kept brewing it until they basically got caught, and then they had to stop brewing it until they got their distillery license. Well, Yazoo did a lot of uh, basically um, advocating for breweries, and they, they were um, them with some other breweries were big in, in getting that pushed up to 10% without having a distillery license. Uh, I can tell you, I know that Bearded Iris doesn't have a distillery license because their barley wine and their Imperial Stout Age and bourbon barrels was at 10%, which um, is a little bit lower than you would expect, especially when you're using, because they age the uh, they age these beers for two years in barrels, which is a really long time. Like um, a lot of really good beers do that, but um, that means you're going to get a ton of like cask presence in the barrel when you're doing that. Like it's 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 going to be very heavily cask driven, and uh, this definitely was true for these beers. Um, and I, it was unfortunate to me a little bit because um, I thought that the barley wine could have done way better at like 14% or 12% even, because um, it was just kind of a thinner mouth feel, and you didn't really get the cask was so dominant that you couldn't pick up a lot of the barley wine, and and maybe you get some oxidation oxid oxidation sorry. Um, in two years in a barrel. And I think maybe if it was a little heavier um, malt presence, it could have handled the oxidation because you could taste a little bit of the oxidation, a um, little more than I would like. But they were good. Um, but I was just unfortunate because I, I think if, if they were not brewing in Tennessee, they could they probably would have brewed those things at 12 to 14 to 16% or whatever. And they could have been, you know, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, so I wasn't too sad that I missed on the barley wine barrel uh, bottles. Um, but I was happy that I got to try it. So anyways, back to this beer, Joyride. It's got a beautiful can. Uh, that's what Bearded Iris does these great cans. Um, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like a, if you look at my Twitter account, I took a picture of it, but it's rainbow colored and just cute. The best part is uh, on the bottom where it's stamped with the date, it says, every cat is a kitty. And uh, <laughs> Okay. Whatever. I read that to uh, Amanda before I came in to record this podcast, and she was like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's cute." So yeah, anyways, this beer, um, there. So Bearded Iris kind of made their name and made had made their has made their money on doing these hazy IPAs um, in in the sixty ounce cans, you know, which are famous. Um, if you know, you, let's talk about Skookum again, like. I kind of they 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 I put theirs along the lines of Skookum in terms of you know what you'd expect. Um, they're not quite as heavy of the body as like the the true New England style IPAs from New England, but they're they're done very well. They do have the mouthfeel that you're looking for. This one is uh, it it works with the Nelson really well because Nelson can be overdone and it's not, especially an all Nelson one. Um, it's got like a nice dank aroma. It's got a nice finish. Um, um, I'm enjoying it, uh, but again, um, there, there's like a lot of beers in uh, uh, in Washington that are also uh, of this quality. That's not a knock on Bearded Iris; they make excellent beer. And then there's a lot of 
beers in Washington that make excellent beer. So it's it, I, it's really great that Tennessee is, has a brewery like this now um, that's making these modern styles and, and crushing it. Uh, there's a couple out there now. So um, when I was out there, it was literally one brewery, and I spent all all of my time there that I could possibly could. But anyway, so Gardner Minshew rating. Ugh. Now I'm the one that came unprepared because I hadn't had this beer before, so, I, so I've just been sipping on it, and it's you know it's good, but it's like it's it's an IPA that you can have a like you'll you'll have a lot, so it's a good play that happens over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. Oh man, you already chose the uh, mesh route. You used that earlier. Yeah, that's right. That was like week I, uh, one. Yeah. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go with a, it's like a Desmond Patton back shoulder. Like, cause oh, there we go. Yeah. Cause it's, 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 it's good. And it's kind of like, you know, if, if, if you hit that, if you, if you hit that sweet spot, like Bearded Iris has like Skookum has, where you can make these hazy IPAs and, and just kind of crush them over and over again. Um, it becomes kind of automatic cause you just have it so dialed in with your brewery. Like we, we know if we make a hazy, it's going to be good cause we just know how to do it. Um, we like, honestly, I don't know if that Desmond Patton backshoulder ever fails. Like, <laughs> like. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it ever does. Yeah, like even when he wasn't as good last year, like Falk would throw or the the season before Falk would throw that backshoulder and and he would you know catch it and then it's right. like yeah. So he's a uh, he that that was kind of his like origin story was that, that backshoulder pass and now he added quite a lot more this year. But that is that is probably one of the more automatic throws that that we've had some, you know, in the last couple of years. And, uh, so yeah, Desmond shot, um, Desmond, Sh- Desmond Patton back shoulder throw from Gardner Minshew, um, and, uh, joy ride from bearded Iris. Well done. I love it. Yeah. That was, that was probably the longest, uh, I've talked without you talking on this podcast yet. That's okay. It sounded delicious. <laughs> yeah. I was really excited to try those Pappy barrel ones. Um, not, quite what I hoped for, but also, you know, that's just my palate. And, uh, I know a lot of, there's, it's, it's been a mixed, uh, I've seen some people love them and some people are, you know, more along where, where they're really good, but they just hope they were bigger. But, um, Bearded Iris is a great brewery, nothing against them. Um, and I'm, I was happy to, I had a great time on Saturday. It was a lot of fun. Um, it, fun party. Uh, yeah. So, um, Jeff, holy shit, man. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Swear words are really the only way to describe uh, what happened last weekend. That's for sure. I yeah, okay. I'm in Nashville. That's as this will be the theme of the show, I guess. But um, <laughs> so I, I fly in on Thursday night, and I'm at this like company dinner thing where you know I'm having to like you know I have a list of fucking people that I have to talk to and all this stuff. You know, I was like I got stuff to do. But I'm like, it's fine. Like, if I don't pay attention to the basketball game, they're gonna lose by twenty, by twenty five points. So it doesn't matter. Um, I, I'm looking at the, you know, I hit up the Cook Center Slack, and they're like, you, you guys are like, WC was winning and all this stuff, and I'm like, what? And then WC was gonna win, and what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and not just win. Uh, blow them out of the water. Win by a lot. <laughs> and see, I didn't. Uh, I didn't even watch. I didn't watch the game live either. We had um, someone was here doing some work at the house, and uh, so I had to not be at the house. And so I took the boys 
to dinner. Like Sarah was, I don't know, she had something going on at school or whatever. And so I took my boys out to dinner and um, the restaurant I was in, we, we went to BJ's cause they have a pretty good selection of gluten-free items for my gluten-free children. So brew house? yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get a beer? I did not get a beer. Oh, okay. Have, no taco uh, stout or anything? No, I, I was, um, yeah, no. <laughs> just, I, was, I had, you, you don't even want to, I, I had ribs with no sauce on them. So, you know, whatever. I, I, Get up, baby. I, was, I was a big loser. So anyway, so like I, all of a sudden we're, we're sitting there and I'm, we're waiting for the food to come. And I think, oh crap, the cougars are on. Totally forgot about that. And so, you know, I pull out my phone and, and open up the stats and then I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> you know, like this was this was Thursday night against Arizona State. I'm like, what is happening right now? And uh, and then it just, you know, I just kept thinking, okay, well, whatever. The the run's gonna come. It's you know they're gonna get buried here at some point. They'll they'll screw it up somehow. And uh, and and lo and behold, they did not. And and then on Saturday they didn't screw it up against Arizona. And I and I did go home eventually. You know, I did go home and watch the game. I actually watched it. Uh, friday morning but still it was just like holy crap man it's like it's insane you know that what what they pulled off yeah i i didn't get to watch games till monday when i when i got back but uh it, normally i would not like I, I had no plans of watching rewatching those games no me either yeah me either. It's a, but you know i had to you know I, you gotta take take the good when it comes but uh it was funny when, when on thursday when i'm, I'm checking my phone and I look at the halftime stats. I'm expecting like 75% shooting and and all this stuff. Like some and then you know Arizona State's still going to be up 50% or something. Blah blah. But that was the crazy thing is you know I think WSU was shooting like 52%. They did hit you know their their effective field goal percentage was pretty high because they did they had, they were like nine of 17 from three. But it still wasn't that like Oregon level ridiculous first half shooting that you would expect them to have to do to win any right. of these games. Right. Um, and and the like, especially considering they were up by what like fifteen at halftime or something seventeen maybe. Um, you, you just you wouldn't uh, you you would expect them to just be on some otherworldly shooting spree, which Frank's was, but no one else was. Like uh, pretty much the rest of the team wasn't shooting very well, and and but man, the, the defense played really well. And then I went back and watched the Arizona State game, and you see why uh, they're playing man to man. Um, the thing about it, we've, we've ripped on this zone a bunch already in this like five episodes of this podcast, but, but it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a cliche, but it's true. Like zones make you lazy. And, and if, yeah. if you're just playing, and especially if it's not like a, a zone, like a matchup type man to man principles type zone, like you, it makes you lazy. And, and so, but these two, these, this game and then Arizona game too, um, when you watch them, like there was so many more just hands in the way, like, and and then you saw we they fouled Arizona State a bunch, and and it seemed like by design that it was like hey bother their shots, like yeah, and and then but you have a guy but you're playing a guy like Marvin Cannon a ton of minutes and he's the type of guy with like kind of he's six foot five but he has extra long arms and he's very athletic, and and he can bother things he can get his hands just in the way of stuff and you saw a lot of guys and that's. One thing that Ahmed Ali does on defense pretty well, like probably not much else because he's just because of his size, but he does get his hands in. Like he's got really quick hands and he gets it. He so, but but a lot of the times, like when you're playing a zone, that doesn't help. Like you can't strip a guy when you're playing zone. 
Um, but you, you just saw, like, guys were just contesting shots that you wouldn't normally see contested. I think of one particularly um, uh, that was on a break, and uh, that guy from Arizona State, I, I can't remember his name now, but um, who who shot a thousand free throws, but um, he, he was... Yeah, you think of Lou Dort? Yep, yep. He, uh, he, he basically, uh, LB made just the worst attempt at taking a charge I've ever seen. And right, right. Like, <laughs> at, at, right feet, around like 10 feet from the basket. Like, it's like what, yeah. what do you think was going to happen there, man? And he, and he like set up while he, he gave, he gave, he gave him a lot of time to think about it. But so he went right by him, goes up for a two handed dunk and Cannon just comes out of nowhere, contests a shot, fouls him, but blocks the shot in, in the process of fouling him, forces him to shoot two free throws. I think he missed one. And and, and it's just like in the the rest of the season, you, that would be an easy dunk because we just, we don't, the, the, the WSU hasn't contest, contested anything. And, and you saw like, oh, Arizona State and Arizona are missing a lot of layups. Well, also like our guys are actually trying to stop the layups because they're playing man-to-man. Like, yeah. And even when they switched to the zone, it was so much more active. Because like yep. if you start out playing man to man, and you switch to a zone in the middle, you're still going to play that zone like like yep. with your man to man energy. So it was I we we have to and, and we we rip on him all the time, but you have to give her any credit like this like he just pulled something out of his hat and wow it was actually basketball that was fun to watch like <laughs> on both ends of the floor it was crazy. Yeah, and, and something I wrote about was that it wasn't even just the, the scheme decision. They, they've made a couple shifts in terms of personnel. Um, yeah. You know, before the season started, I, I wrote a pretty long thing making fun of Ernie's, you know, propaganda tour, you know, to tell everybody how much longer and athletic they were going to be. And I said, you know, while that, you know, that certainly might technically be true, um, you know, Ernie has a real tendency to deploy his personnel very conventionally. So he's got a point guard, yeah. um, he's got a shooting guard, he's got a wing, he's got a four. Um, and over the years, that four, you know, sometimes has been a stretch four, sometimes not. But a lot of times he's had, you know, Luke Jackson type, you know, now Robert Franks. You know, he, he likes those. Uh, Marty Lunin was another guy, right, who was was a four who could stretch, right? So and then a, and then usually an active center who can run the floor is something that he likes. So when you look at WSU's personnel, you know, you go, okay, well, that means, you know, we kind of when we looked at it before the season, we said, okay, so either Robinson or Ali is going to start at point guard. So you're going to have somebody at point guard who's either 5'11 or 6'2". Mm-hmm. Um, Vionte Daniels is going to start and play, you know, 30, 35 minutes a game. He's listed at six, two, but I'm not sure he's six, two, he might be like six, one, yeah. um, you know, and so then LB playing the wing, well, six, six at the three, is that all that long and athletic? I mean, not yeah. really. Right. Yeah. And then you got Franks at the four. Well, Franks is six, seven, even though I know the media guide says six, nine this year, he didn't magically grow two inches after his junior year. I mean, he's six, seven. So that's, you know, a bit undersized for a four. And then you're going to start a six, nine guy. Maybe if you start Pollard or a six, seven guy, if you start Isaiah Wade at center, and that's definitely undersized, right? So it's like, okay. So when you looked at all this stuff, it was like, you know, I mean, they might be longer and more athletic overall, but in terms of how you're going to start guys or how you're going to play rotation minutes, you're, you're not longer and more athletic, right? So then yep. this weekend, they finally, 
you know, he finally got a little bit creative with his personnel. Um, he's still married to the point guard, which I really, I'll come back to that in a second. I really wish he would get away from, but, uh, but that notwithstanding, he started, you know, he's playing the bulk of the minutes. It was Marvin Cannon at the two and he's six, five CJ Ellaby at the three, six, six, you know, which again, that's not like long, real long for a three, but that's, that's certainly enough size there. And then you got Franks at the four and Pollard at the five. Well, now you've got like, you know, four guys between six, five and six, nine, you can mm-hmm. do some things there with, with switching with, um, you know, just sort of recovering around the basket. Some guys with long arms, you know, Cannon can obviously get up. He had that monster block against oh, yeah. Arizona, um, where he was actually beaten badly off the dribble and recovered to block the shot. So, you know, I just, when you deploy the personnel in that way, all of a sudden now you've got some length. Now I'd love to go even one step further and I'd love for them to just play, um, play something like, oh, and, and uh, Jazz Koontz is getting a bunch more minutes too. I'd love to see him do something totally he's unconventional. Six, six, eight. He's 6'8", six, 6'9", six, right? So I'd love to see him do something even I mean, more six, unconventional. I mean, 6'8", like 125, I think. Yeah, he's like 200 pounds, but, yeah, yeah. you know, but, yeah, but, but he, he is tall. He's tall is good. Right. And tall so basketball, I don't know if anyone's noticed that. But. Yeah, I mean, go, let's go ahead and play Ellaby at the point. Let me let's get real weird. Say, yep, I was just gonna say that because he turns I'm, the ball over a bunch, but let's get weird. Like if we're gonna do it, let's do it. He's he turns the ball over a bunch, but it, he's 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 a better like he'll make up for it and like his ability to facilitate and he doesn't turn the ball over that much more than Ali or Robinson do. Nope. So and but he's he's a much I think he sees the floor better than either of those two guys do. He's a better passer. I, I heard uh uh uh, on one of the broadcasts this weekend, someone called him one of the best passers in the conference, which is, you know, that's, I mean, he's a good passer. I don't know if he's that, but uh, also the conference is shitty, so it could yeah. be much true. Uh, but there's an advantage to being 6'6", six, six, right? I yeah, mean, it's, absolutely. you know, you can see things that, you know, 5'11", Ahmed Ali can't see. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, and so, yeah, it, 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 he's, it, it, he is a, a good rebounder at six six, so I don't know if if that would hurt, hurt you defensively, but um, but having a six six guy guard the point might might help you defensively, so it could give and take. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, watch the especially lately, like he's really like his ability to facilitate. That you'll see him bring the ball up a lot, Ellaby, anyway. Um, so if 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 you're just having Ali out there to be a spot up shooter at five eleven, then that's yeah, and and Robinson's not a good spot up shooter. No, uh, and he's not a good much of much. But uh, Javier Robinson is shooting five of twenty six from three in Pac twelve play. Yeah, yeah. That's so, bad. Uh, just on that topic, which is fun, we get to do this because they they won some damn games. But <laughs> it's amazing when the team is going well. How some on the, when you're watching a broadcast and some of the players are just getting so oversold. Um, I believe uh, one of the uh, it might have been Ted Robinson, but it might have been another guy. I think Ted Robinson did the Thursday game, so it was whoever did the um, whoever did the Saturday game. I think uh, it was JB Long. JB Long, yep, yeah, yeah. JB Long. Uh, so JB Long says something to, akin to, "Who's a better role player in this league than Jeff Pollard?" Oh dear God. And, uh, I just cringed, and I'm, you know, and I, I think they're like Robinson's been doing some good things. I'm like, dude is like one of eight from the floor, and he's turned it over three times. Like, what, what are you looking? Yeah. At? 
like yeah yeah they're like a steal like okay like but okay but anyways um not everyone's doing amazing but um <laughs> robert franks though what like that's see when when you play a little defense and then you have a superlative player like that those are the type of games you can have on occasion when, yeah. when it's hot you know yeah no doubt he uh franks is he's i mean he's sort of a cheat code right now to be honest. Mm-hmm. i mean he's it's it's not an exaggeration to say he is doing things that are every bit as impressive as what clay thompson did in his junior year i mean it's i you know i know he doesn't have you know 40 whatever points in the pac-12 tournament against washington yet but i mean he the way he is affecting the game all over the floor and and i mean let's be real you know, it, part of the defense is him. Yep. I mean, he's he's doing stuff now on both ends. That's that's like, I mean, when he was out, I, I remember saying like, well, you know, whatever excuses. You know, people would make excuses, right? And I'm like, well, okay, great. You get they get Frank's back. But that's it's not going to make the defense better, right? Because you know, but uh, you know, I've become a believer in what he's doing. Um, he's be he was a legit presence around the rim uh, particularly with regards to penetration uh, people would get deep and, and this is not a team that that on the year has blocked very many shots I mean I, I'm not looking at it right now okay now I'm looking at it they've they are do 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 253rd in the country in block percentage on defense yeah. so percentage of two pointers that get blocked um, so they don't block yeah. a lot of shots but but now they're they're kind of doing this um, thing where Franks is is aggressively helping, and it seemed like they didn't really want to do that early on. Yeah. Um, I think they're trying to trouble. Yeah. yeah, either to keep him out of foul trouble or save his legs or whatever. Um, but now he's sort of selling out there. So I, I'm curious how the adjustment's going to come now. So I, you know, I kind of alluded to this at the end of my column, but you know, there's going to be the the adjustments coming to the adjustment, right? Yeah. You know, the Cougs made their adjustment caught both Arizona state and Arizona off guard. Sean Miller was like kind of blew his mind that they played man to man for an entire game. So, you know, there's going to be an adjustment to the adjustment going to be interesting to see what teams do to, to try and attack um, what the Cougars are doing now, particularly if, if Franks is going to be that aggressive, Um, you know, if teams maybe try to try to lure him out of position or maybe be a little more, um, have the person who who he's guarding be a little more aggressive to the offensive glass. Yeah, and another point on Frank's, like uh, you and I had talked about in the off season, um, just needed him to shoot more, and because he, despite his you know efficiency last year, he was pretty like he 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 definitely didn't have the like the the he didn't take the percentage of shots that you expect from like a, a number one scorer. He was more of a, a guy, you know, uh, you, you like you expect like a guy who is that much better than the rest of his team on offense. Yeah. Uh, you expect him more of the along the lines of the numbers he has this year where he's so last year. Um, so just for uh, our listeners, uh, there's a there's two uh, um, j- just to determine who are kind of your most dominant offensive guys. There's two um, stats we use that their uh, possession possession percentage. And shot percentage. So possession percentage is the number of possessions you. So I, you have used a possession if you ended it in a free throw, uh, a shot, or uh, or a uh, turnover. And 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 it, it obviously shot percentage is the same. It's just 
uh, percentage of the possessions you're on the floor that you took the shot. And the percentages, possession percentages, possession, percentage of the possessions on the floor that you ended the possession. So last year, Frank's was uh, around 25% possession usage. We call it usage, uh, just to for an, an easier number. And then 26% shot percentage. And that's not enough for how good he was last year, especially considering how bad the rest of the offense was. Um, right. But so, and, and you just saw games with him where he would just, you know, be lost. And then you would, like, because he was just wasn't assertive enough. Um, he kind of got that 26% as a function of teammates just looking for him. Uh, but this year, I think you're seeing him look for the ball in, in more positions than, you know, in the post more, um, at the, the high post, the low post more. Um, you, you'll Because he, he's kind of scoring more on drives than he, he did last year. Um and uh, but he's also taking more threes than he did. Like he's he's just shooting the ball when he gets it more often. And uh, even even when he's contested or even when he's freaking twenty eight feet out, like he's he's pulling up. And he's shown he has that range, especially this weekend. Um, so he's really done that this year. He's bumped up to thirty one percent shots, twenty nine percent possessions. Um, in Pac twelve play, he's twenty eight percent and thirty one percent. Um, interestingly, I, I believe CJ Ellaby leads the conference in usage. In, in she the, does. In, 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 uh, which is crazy, but also makes sense if you watch the team. So, it, I mean, but th- that's a good thing. Like, in terms of the talent on this team, um, you probably you want Ellaby and uh, Franks to have the ball and shoot. Yep. So, it's yep. it makes sense. Um, we, we don't need other guys to be shooting as much. Um, but, yeah, so... That's been a great thing, and and you kind of saw that come to fruition this week, uh, where he could have these huge games because he is shooting so much, and and be like it. He finally it clicked for him, and you know he wins awards: Pac-12 Player of the Week, National Player of the Week, uh, on two different awards. I saw, so um, it was great. Just just a great weekend, man. It was just fun, and 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 good for them. Like good for. Good for the kids. Good for the coaches. Like uh, it, it's just something that was needed. Um, I, I, I will ask you one question, Jeff. Though. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think that saved Ernie Kent's job? No. God, no. <laughs> okay. No. I mean, uh, yeah. No, Joe. No, do you think? I mean, obviously, you still would want him gone. But do you yeah. think? But in Chun's mind, does it save his no, job? No. I mean. You know, I don't know that I would if if I'm the guy making the decision. You know, at some point I made that decision a long time ago. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, we're we're in year five, um, and in fact, I read a nice little uh, a nice little piece of research that uh, Jordan Sperber, a guy I mentioned, I don't know a few podcasts back, he does the uh, Solving Basketball podcast, and he's it's kind of a stat minded dude. And uh, him and another guy did a little bit of data collection and data analysis and, and looked at coaches and said, you know, okay, so when, when is it, f- you know, really fair to evaluate, um, you know, when, when they're, you know, whether they're going to be a success or where they should keep them or get rid of them or whatever. Um, and they, they basically said year three, year three was the year that you should expect to start seeing, seeing the uptick, you know, and uh, year three for Ernie Kent was the year that his team ranked the lowest in Ken Um, 
uh, you know, they went 13 and 18 overall, six and 12 in, in the, in the PAC 12 next year, which was last year, you know, only won four games in the PAC 12. So look, I mean, this thing's been trending downward for some time, um, just because, you know, you get a little, uh, you know, you have a good weekend, which is great. I mean, look, I'm not, again, I, I don't want to minimize it. I don't want to take anything away from, from the players in particular. Um, you know, the, so, you know, whatever. And, and, you know, Ernie said something that just sort of pissed me off anyway. He talked about, well, we needed to get to rock bottom before we figured out. I'm like, bro, bro, shut up. Like rock bottom, that's your job to keep them from getting to rock bottom. Yeah. Like like you don't hear like Mike Krzyzewski going like, you know, we just needed to get to rock bottom. Like, you know, Tony Bennett doesn't talk about needing to get to rock bottom. You know what I mean? Coaches that can coach don't let their teams get to rock bottom. So, you know, screw you, Ernie. That that was like a ridiculous thing to say. But, um, you know, if if I'm an administrator, th- this doesn't change my mind. I mean, I, you know, I've already looked at, I've got, you know, four and a half years worth of data, um, you know, to, to make my decision. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess if they finish the year and go win, you know, I mean, I don't know how many how many games they got left, eight games, seven games, whatever it is. I mean, they go win, you know, five games from here until the end of the year. Then I guess maybe I have to rethink it. I mean, yeah. at that point. But but right now, you know, I want to see I mean, first of all, I, and I know I hope everyone's really excited for this weekend. Um, they, they're probably going to lose, you know, so, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I guess OK, so they got. Yeah, they got seven games left plus the Pac-12 tournament. So they win five or six of those, I guess maybe. But you know, let's let's see what they do against Washington first. Let's see whether uh, whether this really this this you know defense change is actually a real thing. Um, let's see how Washington attacks it. Let's see what Ernie does when his back is up against the wall because it really wasn't for two games and it's real easy for him to ride his defense when there's a nice comfortable margin. I, I'm very skeptical yeah. as to whether he'll continue to ride it um, in a tight game or a game where he's even a little bit behind. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Washington uh, this week, it, it'll be interesting to see, like I'm sure there'll be like more, more Coog's eyes on the game, more Lama's eyes on the game and uh, it's going to be an ugly game. Uh, Washington is ugling up those games. Like, you know, like in yep. Syracuse style, and um, it's. It, I mean, if if Frank's is hitting twenty seven footers, then that's the perfect remedy for that defense. But, but right, but, but we'll see. Like you know, hopefully he can keep that that going, and that, that'll be big. But yeah, defending Washington was a huge issue in the first matchup, especially in the second half, and um, we'll see if they can. You know, if if they have you know a couple possessions where guys draw some fouls or get beat, if Ernie will stick with playing man to man, or if he'll just bail and go to his own, you know, because we've seen that happen before. We've we've seen him shy yep. away from it uh, yep. very quickly. Um, you know, I hope he'll remember that uh, it worked out pretty well this weekend. So um, I don't have yeah. a lot of faith, but that's yeah, okay. I yeah, I don't either. But um, but yeah, I mean, I even given the, this past weekend, I I, I wouldn't expect. A fun game to watch this weekend. I will say so. Uh, last week we talked about the um, how they were uh, careening towards being the worst WSU team in the pack. Uh, or I'm in the Ken Palm era, and uh, we, <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, so we talked about uh, Ken Bone, uh, his uh, second to last or his last team 
basically got a huge win over like a big use like a good UCLA team gave him a 30 spot bump and they ended up you know well in front of any of the Paul Graham teams but uh that that basically that's what the Arizona State win did and then they get tacked on another you know 25 spots with the <laughs> with the uh yeah. with the Arizona game and now I think I think they're probably pretty pretty okay. They're probably not going to end up the worst uh, team in the Ken Palm era. They're about one seven in the one seventies right now. So they've actually <laughs> gone up fifty two spots with those two wins. Yeah, that, that just shows how <laughs> how improbable they were. I think they were seven yep. percent and nine uh, percent yeah. probability. Yeah. So sixteen percent chance just to win one game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's. Uh, that's that's not that's that that uh, that just shows you how crazy those games were and uh, how you probably should you know if you're a Coug fan and you love Coug basketball if you have them recorded watch them enjoy them yeah as it's just it's it's rare it heck yeah it's been rare like to have a weekend I mean obviously it was it's rare to sweep a road road series um, and uh, which hadn't been done in uh, since Tony Bennett was coach and then. Uh, <laughs> it's really rare to sweep in Arizona um, for any team, and so it's a it's a pretty uh, pretty uh, a crazy weekend. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad we could talk about some good stuff. Uh, but now, um, unfortunately, Jeff, uh, there there's some bad stuff to talk about. Uh, I know. Let's. There's more crazy, crazy things. Yeah. So. I don't, I don't remember what day it was, but last week you see a report uh, from KXLY from Melissa Luck, and she's talking about um, she talked to some employees, and uh, uh, after you know there was rumors uh, that had been spread, but she talked to a, a manager, a couple managers, and said that uh, Cougar Country was closing, um, and we all freaked out, and we all started reminiscing, and we all thinking about um, looking at our bank accounts and seeing if we could, uh, if we wanted to make a career change. And, uh, um, but, uh, but uh, then the, the, then it circulated a post from the owner on Facebook that Cougar Country is not closing. Uh, and that was a rumor, but uh, it turns out that um, Cougar Country is closed. It's closed right now. Uh, yeah. There's a, um, the uh, on they on their uh, Facebook they cited some you know, just management issues and they're maybe not training the new manager from the old manager as good it sounds like but um, very low margin industry um, easy to make tiny errors that will uh, undo you even when you are an institution like Cougar Country is uh, with uh, just magical fry sauce um, which I, by the way I found out from a Cougar country former employee that messaged me on or replied to a tweet on twitter it's just 50 percent mayonnaise and 50 percent ketchup yeah i i, I could have swore like, there was some, like most good fry sauces are i i could have swore there was some uh, just a tiny bit of mustard in there or maybe i'm pretty i'm pretty Worcestershire sure sauce or something because uh, you know when i you like my mom uh um Worked in high school at a place in Sela that has comparable delicious fry sauce called King's Row, yeah. and uh, and she said when they made the big vat of it, it was like mayonnaise, mustard, and then like a little bit of mu- I mean mayonnaise, ketchup, and a little bit of mustard um, to give it a little bit more tang. But um, so I don't know if uh, that she 
that on Twitter she said that's what it was, you know. I but uh, <laughs> uh, that sounds like that sounds like blasphemy. I know. I don't it's even like, want really to know. Fifty percent mayonnaise and fifty percent ketchup. Blah blah blah. No way. Interesting. I, I know. There's got to be because I don't I, buy I, it. I've done that at home a million times. And like, it does not it, taste like Cougar Country. But like, and, and I, you with Heinz ketchup, she says, I don't know, maybe I'm using the wrong mayonnaise or something. I yeah. know. But anyways, that that's what I must lament is uh, yeah. like buckets of fry sauce. It's having, having fry sauce in a dispenser, which is always fun. Because uh, yeah. then you don't feel like you have to like ask for extra. And, right. Um. And there's it's it's the one of the most interesting things to me. Uh, well, up uh, is uh, it, I've learned that uh, not not so many Cougs uh, share uh, my love for Cougar Country. Yeah, it's like that. Honestly, that surprised me because listen, let's be real. You know, I it's pretty hard to make a fast food burger be really good. You know, I mean, if we're being just sort of brutally honest about Mm -hmm. burger joints, right? Like, everybody has their favorite burger joints. And if we're being real, like, none of them really taste that much better than theirs. Now, there are some bad ones. I mean, you know, I'm not talking about that. I mean, it's like, yeah, there are some places you can go and get a burger and it's it's just kind of gross. You know, okay. But when we're talking like, you know, sort of your local, um, you know, small scale in general, you know, fast food type place, you know, I'm talking about you know, Cougar Country, I'm talking about, um, you know, Dick's, I'm talking about In-N-Out, I'm talking, and I know In-N-Out's a little bit bigger, but a lot bigger, but you know what I mean? I mean, it's just, yeah. it, it's sort of like, I mean, a burger's a burger, right? A burger's a burger is a burger's a burger for the most part, right? I mean, but then there's these other, you know, there's there's other things that go along with that, you know, sentimental value, like, you know, Cougar Country's like, you know, the place I like to eat when my parents came to town, you know, and because I, I certainly wasn't eating out when I was, you know, just by myself. But, um, you know, when my parents came, we're like, hey, let's get a burger. I'm like, yes, you know, Cougar Country. So I get the super basket, you know, and yeah. I mean, just, yeah, it's like, it, you know, it's a great burger, you know, for, for what it is. And, you know, just like any other place, you know, I mean, people are like, you know, in and out's better than Dick's. I'm like, Dick's is better than out's, and I'll fight you on that. And not because Dick's is that much better or any better. It's just, it's like, it's Seattle and I'm from you Seattle and screw you, you I'll punch you in the face, memories. you know. Yeah, you have so many more memories of when you eat in a Dick's burger and you can right. add that flavor to something. Exactly. Yeah. The Cougar Country like when I was in school they, you know, and I'm sure when you were they they had like I think it was Tuesday, they'd have cup burgers on special and and they'd have like kids' meals on special and so we'd go and like spend a couple bucks. And really, it was just to get whatever vessel I could dip the fry sauce in. Sure. Like, I'm, I'm dipping my burger in it, my chicken strip, or my, you know, my fries, obviously. Um, but it's just that that interplay of the sauce, the saltiness of the fry, and the and the greasiness and the fry sauce is just like something that's a good feeling. And when I go back for football games, I almost always go either, you know, I usually like right when I get into town. The place is packed, and you know, but that's only you know six or seven times a year. Right, it's not carrying you. Uh, I I do have one good story, um, which I'll steal from Preston if you ever wanted to tell it on Coog Center Hour. Sorry, Michael, um, because it was your wife that makes the story good. So, but, (laughs) but, um, so, uh, (laughs) sorry, I'm getting over a cold here, but, um, uh, the, uh, 2016 Apple Cup, which was, of course, a just horrendous uh, game. Right. Um, after the game, I 
you know, I had no desire to do anything like in fun at all. Uh, right. Kind of mopey and we just want to suffer. Yeah, and annoyed and and uh, you know, Preston says, you know, we're going to Cougar Country. You want to go? I'm like, yeah, I'll meet you there because I was stone cold sober after that game. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think that was the first time in in my uh, first two years of uh, season ticket holder that I was uh, sober enough to drive right after the game. So, um, because I hadn't had to drink for many hours. Mm-hmm. Out of nervousness and then out of sadness. Um, so we meet up there. It the place is just a madhouse because it's Apple Cup. So like, there's more people in town, and and it's just it's more people who don't always go to Pullman, so they definitely want to go to Cougar Country. And it's like a crazy long wait for the food. Uh, it's like you're at a, a nice restaurant, like <laughs> wait for the food. Right. So we're sitting just we we managed to you know, secure a table which was pretty lucky but it and then so we're sitting and just waiting and we're chatting and we're gonna like how long do you think you know what time do you think we'll get the food so we we I'll place our bets on what time and uh, it's getting close like we're hearing the numbers go off and it's getting really close to like some of the times that someone was predicted and it's getting we're we're to the point where it's like right right up like it's our turn next. And it's like a minute away from the time that uh, Preston's wife, Sammy, um, had predicted. And we're staring at our watches. And right when it hits the time, they call our number. And like we we just like, well, I guess needed something to cheer for that day. Just like freaked out and started cheering. And everyone in the restaurant <laughs> looking at us. Like, They're looking at you like, what the hell is wrong with those what people? What the hell? Don't you know we just lost an Apple Cup? What's wrong with you? But yeah, I don't think there is a time that I am drinking with uh, Sammy and Michael and Pullman that we do not talk about that story. So um, it's a good one. And it made a a, a terrible day pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, there's things like that, you know, like when you just, you know, you just have good memories of the place, and uh, yeah. and um, uh, hopefully, you know, someone will come in, or they they'll figure it out, and and uh, someone will come in. I know uh, uh, Brian, who I know listens to this now, because um, he told me Byron Anderson, our yeah our yeah center rise, he told me last BA. night, listen to it. Yeah, we call him BA, um, and he uh, he's you know he made a suggestion in our. Uh, slack that uh they should put a zips in there oh no <clears throat> i do i do have a a kind of a cute story from a, from a zips if we, if you want to hear it sure i like okay. cute so uh uh amanda and i were uh friends for quite a while before we were dating and it's actually interesting like one of our uh we we both live in, we both grew up in yakima and so we've we're uh, carpooling back home, and we had to drop actually her boyfriend at the time, um, uh, her boyfriend at the time off at the airport, and on the way we stopped in Ritzville at the Zips, and we had a blast there. And so I always joke with her, I'm like, that was really our first date, like right, right <laughs> there at, the, at that Zips in uh, in Ritzville. Um, Zips isn't too bad. Um, I definitely don't think. It's as good as Cougar Country, um, but I do like it because they have fry sauce and their yeah, food. Yeah, like it's fine. Yeah, it's. I mean, 
it, it but uh, I don't see that happening, but, but uh, who knows? Um, and I don't think uh, it's better. Like, like it's, you it's know, whatever. Better. Yeah. I don't think it's better. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, someday you will have this experience too, where it's like, uh, you know, I took my kids over for a football game and, you know, I mean, your daughter is so young, obviously she doesn't really know what's going on yet, but there will be a day when you take your daughter to Cougar Country Drive-In and she is aware, you know, where she is. Well, maybe not, but I hope so. You know, where she is aware, right? You know, so like one of my favorite things is, um, you know, when Joshua was like a year old, I took him to Cougar Country Drive-In for a game and, you know, he dumped a dumped a full extra large soda all over my dad, you know, it's like, but we still remember that, right? Cause my dad, so, so grandpa was not quite aware enough to realize you don't put the cup within reach of the small child and oop, there went the cup. Right. And then, you know, we went there, you know, we go there every time we go visit and, you know, this last time, you know, we went there and, and the boys, oh, are we going, we're going to cougar country. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to mm-hmm. cougar country and I can get burgers, fries and, and milkshakes. And, and, oh, by the way, um, I will, I, I will say most of the stuff, you know, it's like, whatever it's, it's, it's burger or whatever. Um, their milkshakes kick ass and their peanut butter milkshake in particular is world class, and I will fight anyone who wants to try and tell me. Oh otherwise. yeah. So I'll just leave it at that. Peanut butter is the best of milkshakes because let's take a highly caloric thing and put in the most caloric additive that we can. Hell and yes. Just so delicious. I love peanut Hell butter. Yes. Milkshake. Now I just think about them more as my my waistline gets bigger, but I still <laughs> love them. But yeah, so uh, hopefully not R.I.P. Cougar Country. Uh, I mean, come on, somebody somebody's gonna make it work, right? Well, I mean, so they have a lot of jokes that like uh, on Die Hard Cougs, there'll be a, a GoFundMe, and I think uh, my sister sent me a, a screenshot there. It, there was one. <laughs> no, there. <laughs> or maybe it was you. I don't. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. That's pretty funny though. But yeah, I mean, like GoFundMe to save our burger stand, you know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so you know, I don't know. I mean, I'd go do it. I'd like, hey, let's go. I'll, uh, you know, I'll run Cougar Country. Let's go. Actually, I don't think I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> right, I don't want to do that. That sounds awful. Um, yeah, actually, never mind. Forget I said that. Don't run a restaurant. It's no. Awful. Also, Someone if you're listening and you want to go run Cougar Country, go do it. So, yeah. But yeah. also, don't do it. It's awful. Um, and I, I have friends that have restaurants and they're, or like have, you know, ha, have had restaurant businesses before and they, they hate it. Like, or it, unless you're like just really into the food, uh, it's really hard. It's really hard. Like it's a pain. You have to have a and, ton of employees. You have yep. to, yeah, you, you, you're, you can't. And you, you have to work all the time. Yeah. And if you trust someone else to run it for you, they'll probably steal from you. And if you're something like Cougar Country, if you charge more than eight dollars for a burger and fries, people are gonna flip. Like so, like you you have to like keep your prices low, and and even though you know the price of what, like people at a fast food joint, people are very sensitive to price changes. So even if your product, your your supplies are getting more expensive, it's hard to change the price because people are like hey i used to pay you know i used to know my four dollars could buy me this and that and now we can't right, right. um but yeah so like it sounds completely miserable 
Um, but anyway, so but please, anyone, go buy Cougar Country and, and yeah, keep making fry sauce. Like so I can, I can have something to put in my belly before I go tailgate on on Saturdays. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was that that was a, a nice long conversation on Cougar Country. But um, uh, let's 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 do politics briefly today, because um, we're already pushing over an hour here. Um, so. Uh, the big thing uh, that, I mean, uh, the day that we're uh, kind of doing this, recording this, um, is uh, talking about the, the potential bill that will avoid a shutdown, which has just not, um, it actually has the original amount that they originally proposed in last December um, <laughs> uh, for uh, for uh, border wall funding, which was um, 1.37 million, I believe, or billion, not million. <laughs> um, yeah. Million would have been a hell of a, a kick in the face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But 1.37 billion uh, compared to the over 5 billion that um, Trump asked for, um, neither of which are uh, enough to build the actual wall he wants. But, um, uh, but yeah, it kind of feels like uh, just from comments I heard from Trump today, uh, he says he's not happy with it. Um, seems like he still will um accept it um uh and uh but then we're looking at he still says that the wall is going to be built so what else are we looking at there no no it's the wall is now going to be finished Finished. because according to according to the president the wall is already starting it's big and beautiful and and they've made tons of progress and even though that's all a lie actually so Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I kind of, uh, I kind of laughed today when I saw this that, um, you know, basically, you know, it's, it's not even just the same deal. It's actually kind of a worse deal because in order to get the Democrats to even offer that amount again, the Republicans had to make some concessions on, uh, particularly with, uh, the number of beds that ICE can use to detain, um, immigrants crossing the border. So, um, you know, the, the Republicans had to give up something just to get that number back on the table. And uh, because and I think the Democrats would have loved to have that number be even less. But um, I think there was no way that that Trump was going to lose that much face. So I think that was sort of the GOP thing was, OK, look, you know, we'll, we'll make some other concessions just so we're not losing even more face uh, than we already are. I, I do think that um, Trump is not the type of person to, to, to retreat and, and resign and and uh, just sort of like take it laying down. Well, well maybe he does take it laying down. But anyway, it's, it's like I, I don't know like that he's going to be okay with just signing this bill into law. I don't think he wants another shutdown because, you know, obviously that worked out disastrously for him before. Yeah. Um, but – I also think he's not going to be um, content to just sign this and, and admit defeat. I, I'd, I'd be shocked if they don't try um, something else, some other way to try and get that funding um, for whatever it is that, that he wants to try and build, whether that's the, the state of emergency, um, which, you know, I, I, I just don't see any way that stands up to any kind of le- – obviously, I'm not a legal expert disclaimer on the podcast um but you know it just certainly doesn't seem like the sort of thing that's going to stand up to any kind of legal challenge um you know you don't you don't have an emergency that's been going on for months and months and months right like that's not that's not how emergencies work um 
And so, you know, I, I you know, maybe he could try that. I, I would not be shocked if, if he did try something that ended up being more symbolic than anything else, something that they know is a loser in the courts, but he can, he can point to, um, as a, you know, look, I tried, I tried everything. I pulled out all the stops and mm-hmm. yeah. um, it was, it was those corrupt, you know, judges and, and Democrats who kept me from getting it done. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting fight. Uh, you know, I, I, I just hope that he doesn't, you know, take it to any extremes like that. Uh, like you said, it, you know, there, there'll be, there'll be a lawsuit immediately that, um, some judge, you know, some, uh, federal judge will probably halt any sort of movement, but who knows? Um, yeah, it, uh, in terms of him, like, I, you know, I, what, what, what is it, uh, Friday the 15th, they have to have the funding? Yep. Um, got till so, Friday. yeah, I, I just, I just don't see them letting the shutdown happen again. It was so bad politically for, uh, Trump and for the Republicans. Um, I don't think that they're, because it, if you listen to what, you know, McConnell and was saying today, like I, he he was fine with the bill because you know he just doesn't want to see you know that them get trashed again and so uh, I I think you could kind of see just in his language how he's kind of push putting pressure on the president just to sign the dang bill and then let us let us move on to something else and uh, uh, you know kind of you know it, it's interesting I, I feel like they intentionally wanted to create this debate over a shutdown and then they were hoping to pin it on uh, the democrats um it didn't work out for them that way um and now you know like you said they're having to concede more to get what they you know what they originally turned down um so yeah yeah i uh, mean he has to sign it right i mean if he doesn't yeah. sign it and there's another shut it's like no, he's you know okay well we we put this on your desk, like, yeah. like we'll, the we'll Democrats talk about have. Week if he doesn't sign it, but yeah, <laughs> I mean but, they yeah. sort of, you know, they sort of painted him into the corner on it, and uh, you know they Pelosi's really sort of like running laps around him at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, she's uh, yeah she's having a great uh, great PR uh, month and a half or whatever. Yeah, uh, which she probably desperately needed um just for the sake of her uh you know her ability to govern from as speaker of the house yeah probably really needed that um considering the the number of democrats that you know that were originally kind of pushing for her to never even you know regain the title or regain the position yeah yeah so uh that that's pretty good nice short uh uh, political discussion there. Um, it's you know it's kind of been all over the the news and uh, but uh, yeah I, I think hopefully we you know we won't see uh, some of our friends out of work again for however long and some of our friends who have already had to uh, stay at home with their kids um, for because uh, of the, the the snow out here. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> I know. I haven't been. I haven't been to work in. Well, let's see. Friday. I was at work on Friday. I get to go back to school tomorrow. This is this is Tuesday night. So tomorrow, and we're two hours late already tomorrow. So I'm gonna, 
I'm going to teach basically half a day tomorrow and teach on Thursday. And then I got Friday off again for midwinter break. I got a four day weekend. So yeah. Yay. Uh, teaching. I, uh-huh. I'll be, when the podcast gets to June though, I'll be complaining about how I'm still working and it's 75 degrees outside. So yeah, I'm ready for the snow to go away. I don't, yeah, I don't me too anymore. Um, it was pretty for like a day and, uh, it just is just the rain and the snow this morning made it a hell of a combination of just really heavy snow and and it, and it's just uh, my my dog Baxter it, it's just the you know the the porch is covered in snow so he just pees and poops on the porch like right into because he's like whatever it's the same thing he doesn't even realize like, <laughs> this is a dog that's like trained to only like he will not right. eat anything that is not grass like we right. put him. We'll never t- um, board him at PetSmart again um, because they don't take the dogs outside. They have that like they have a look like fake grass mat, and you uh-huh. were just pee on it. Because one time we picked him up after an overnight, and as soon as he got outside, like he just went and went on the uh, concrete. He couldn't even get to grass and just went for like the longest I've ever seen him pee. Um, so yeah, now he's pooping and peeing on the uh, porch, which will be fun to deal with when that melts um that is so exciting yeah yeah it's so exciting um and we we still have the four dogs which i mentioned earlier so oh dear um, yeah that's that's just been a lot of fun you know um but yeah so um right before we got on this podcast uh i was watching some interesting tv on netflix uh jeff have you ever heard of a a show called russian doll i have seen the little uh the little preview thing that netflix does on it right yeah yeah like when you scroll past it they play a little clip for you yeah i've seen that but that's that's the extent of it right when you turn around turn it on if like you're not paying attention for like five seconds it's like you're watching this preview you're watching it right now i don't care what you say Yep. Yeah. So it's interesting, really interesting, and I think I've enjoyed it so far. It's only like eight episodes. Um, it is. I think her name's like Natasha Lyonne. Um, she's been around actress for a while. I think most famously, most recently, she's famous for Orange Is the New Black. Um, and so basically, the premise is I, I'm not giving away anything because if you watch a preview, this isn't the premise. Basically, she uh, is running through this kind of Groundhog-esque situation, uh, Groundhog Day-esque situation where she's just she dies, and but it's but she dies and then she comes back to the same moment where the show starts. Like so, every every time she dies, she comes back to the same moment where she's at her friend's party. Like it's actually her birthday party, um, standing over a sink, and and so it's interesting. Uh, watching it progress because at first you're like how the hell is this a show you know like yeah. like what interesting could happen but it 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 does get very interesting um it's 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 got some explicit stuff so if your kids are around i wouldn't recommend watching it um you know obviously it's on netflix so you can cuss and uh, uh-huh. there is a particular moment where there is uh she wakes up uh and uh, looks and sees a um, pile of people who have clearly had an orgy before they fell asleep, and there's maybe a, uh, a, a sex toy sticking out of someone's parts. Um, 
so yeah, definitely don't have the kids around. No. Yeah, there's, no. There's, there's, there's you know open ketamine use and uh, <laughs> things like uh-huh. that. Um, so, uh, but it's it's a great show. Uh, I, I've really enjoyed it. Um, it makes me feel cool because it seems kind of like young and hip thing to watch. You know, like uh, and uh, um, so I feel like I'm in the know. You know, watching the thing that Netflix is essentially forcing down your throat. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a good show. Um, I've enjoyed. It. We're we're about six. I think we're f- no four or five of the eight episodes in, and just the four four or five episodes we watch have been a lot has happened. They're only thirty minute episodes, which is nice. Um, That's interesting. Yeah, I, it, it it definitely seemed like a show that'd be hour long, but it's thirty minutes, which works perfectly for it and, and a lot happens in those 30 minutes and uh you're trying to figure out what the hell is going on like why is she dying and um and coming back to life and because uh, she's trying to figure out but yeah it's a interesting show have you have you watched anything interesting lately jeff well so i'm not i'm not much of a tv show watcher um just you know there's a time factor involved Oh, when yeah. I'm dealing with I'm dealing with children and ferrying them to all their various locations. I'm grading papers. I'm podcasting. I'm trying to write for Coog Center. Like so, I'm I got you know I don't I don't have a lot of time. But uh, my wife and I do have a a few staples. So Sarah and I like to watch. Um, we like to watch This Is Us, like just about I think every other person in America. No, um, no, no, you don't. Why would it? Why would I want to show that I know is like going to make me cry or? Be oh, that's crap. the like, point. The, yeah, what's that's the, the point? point? What's no, the point? That's the point. Did oh. you like Marley and me like knowing that oh. dogs would die at the end because you wanted to cry about the dog dying? It hits me right in the feels, Craig. Dude, just watch just just watch a video of a soldier coming home to yeah. a dog or something. Yeah, maybe. It's, it takes yeah. five seconds. So okay, so we watched that. Um, Sorry, I just I can't do I okay. can't do that's that. Okay. And I know you're not you're not the only one for sure. No, um, said everyone in America, Jeff. So yeah, almost everyone in America. <laughs> um, and then so tonight, before we got on the podcast, um, Sarah and I have finally also gotten around to watching season three of uh, The Man in the High Castle. Ooh, uh, yes. So now, yeah. So, now we now we can be friends again. Yep. So we're about halfway through season three, and um, by the way, a really really underrated. Um, a really, really underrated uh, decision in that series was casting J. Edgar Hoover as a Nazi. Like that was, yes. oh uh, my gosh, that, that was, I mean, so much of the show is like, I mean, it's interesting and it's fascinating and um, it, it's, it's sort of weird how you get used to seeing all the swastikas and it's just, it's, it's, it's sort of like, is this like, for lack of a better term, it's kind of this like giant mind fuck, right? I mean, it's just yeah. like, it, you know, you're just kind of watching this alternate reality and, and you know, and it is kind of weird too. I mean, it's definitely sci-fi ish and you know, whatever, but, but anyway, there's just sort of all these things where, you know, what life might be like and this, the idea that there's this alternate universe where J Edgar Hoover is a Nazi is just, is sort of hilarious. And I, I think totally underrated, totally underrated. And then like the, when you're watching it, like when his character pops up and you're like, wait, what are they calling him? Wait, is that, are they, is that really J Edgar Hoover? Right. They're like Hoover, get Hoover. And it's like, wait a second. Honestly, like if you look up the history of J Edgar Hoover, it's yeah. not, that like not that far fetched. Not that far fetched that that's no. what he could have done. 
So yeah, it's yeah. I I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. that was one of the parts. I'm like, wow, that's great. And the um, yeah, that show's just really uh, well done. Yeah. Um, it just some of the way, like you said, the way it mind fucks you because you find yourself at times like feeling these sympathies for these awful characters and yep and yeah it's just uh it's 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 very well well acted well written and yep. just a really interesting premise so um yep. which obviously wasn't one they invented it's based off a philip k dick novel yeah um but uh uh i now i don't know this might be blasphemy to you as, as an english teacher but if I if I find out about a TV series and I haven't read the book, like if I'm already if I'm really into the TV series and it's really good, like I don't want or the movie or something, like I don't want to read the book first because no, that's not blasphemy at all. I don't want it to be spoiled. Like the the show is so well done. Like I'm sure the book is good, but the show is so well done that I don't want to read it and have anything spoiled. Yeah. I think they're and because I think that, but I think they're getting. I think by the end of this season, like the they'll kind of hit most of the source material, but yeah, um, but adaptations yeah. are usually pretty different anyway. I mean, it's yeah. you know, especially now with, um, you know, I, I think especially in the last like ten to twenty years, it seems like that stuff that's built off literature, because like directors are really taking advantage of of whatever medium it is that they're using, um, and and exploring you know visual things that that the book just can't even hope to do and so yeah yeah so I, I i look at them as you know different works anyway most of the time um by the way i do want to give a plug for the best show that i watch that i would recommend to anybody and that is the good place and if you yes. don't watch the good yes. place you should find um season one of the good place and start watching it immediately yep. and get all the way through um, what are we at now season three season four whatever it is um really i think it's the best show on television and everybody should watch it 100 percent podcasters and everyone endorsed yep. um it's so frustrating in how short the seasons are they're more of a cable season they're only 13 episodes yep. long um i've heard that uh, it well so uh, you know who created that show right yep our, our, our one of my so it's funny so if if you are a long time uh, reader of blogs and the internet. Uh, you may remember Fire Joe Morgan blog and yep. a guy named Ken Tremendous who has made yep. quite a career for himself as a TV writer, uh, creating, uh, being a, a contributing writer and being Cousin Moe's on, on uh, The Office, uh, creating Parks and Rec, creating Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and creating uh, The Good Place, which are all, to me, excellent shows. Um, just like a list of some of my favorite uh, sitcoms ever. Um, and he has uh, been a driving force behind all of that. And he is incredibly talented, uh, as we knew when he was making fun of uh, Joe Morgan. Um, and so it's just been, yeah, and The Good Place is just yeah, probably his, his best work. And uh, apparently he already has it all planned out. So we know there's going to be just a set number of seasons, like, the set number of episodes like it's not going to be one of these sitcoms that drags out because it's really successful or whatever um which is kind of a bummer but at the same time you're like well i know it's just going to be good like it's just whatever we see from yep. it, it's going to be good yep it's the good places it's it's funny it's clever it's okay. um the the entire premise is so insane and like it just 
Um, it really is. And there's so many like little jokes and, um, sometimes I have to like read like people's like post show blogs on it to kind of catch, Oh yes. yeah, that's what, you uh, know? Yeah. So like, I'll read it and I'll be like, I didn't even catch that. You know, it's like, th- there's just so many like clever intellectual jokes. Um, it, it's just, it, it's, yeah, it's a superior show. I I'm shocked that it's lasted this long because it is so clever and interesting and it's just, it's not your typical. Um, and, and you also really have to watch from the beginning. Like you can't, you definitely, you, yeah. you really have no clue what's happening if you were to pick it up right now and start watching it. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's but the, I think, uh, I think the streaming area era has served. Yes. Well. Cause definitely. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't catch it up to it till season two, I think. Because uh, and then I, I remember we watched season one uh, streaming somewhere while season two was happening, and then then we now it's like when it's on we want to watch it immediately, and then when it's over we're like what the hell that was a season finale like what why you know because it's always only thirteen episodes and you're expecting right. long uh, I want more I want season. like ten more episodes yeah exactly um, but then yeah it's just then they make you wait and and uh, uh, but I th- I think at this point like it's kind of one of it's like NBC's premiere show currently so I think they'll let them run run its course. Yep, it's fantastic. I honestly cannot recommend it enough. And it, and because the seasons are short, it's actually not that much of an investment to binge watch and catch up. Um, yeah, yeah, really really like good. Typical twenty two to twenty four episodes and. And honestly, it's a very binge watchable show. Yep. Um, yeah, Episodes it, are short. It's yeah, and, show. and and there's a storyline that uh, goes throughout, and there's pretty much a, you know, something hanging at every end of every episode. So um, it's one of those you could watch ten at a time if you're not really paying attention. And um, yeah, it's an excellent show. Just the care, like the characters are just hilarious, and and it's just. Uh, there's a super big Jacksonville Jaguars Blake Bortles fan in there, which is fantastic. And then the Jaguars got good in the middle of it, which I think threw a right. on them. So like, <laughs> kind of had to address that. <laughs> Talking about how awesome Blake Bortles is. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. Anyway, yeah. great show. Good recommendation there. Um, uh, so. Uh, the story talk about kids usually. I know that you had some real fun trying to be a good dad and trying to be an efficient human oh, dear. Um, by by um, handing down um, your old smartphones to your children when you and your wife got new smartphones. So tell us about how that day went. Yeah, so we finally decided that, uh, you know, for our son, who's about to be 12, um, you know, he spends a bit of time, you know, at home after school and not not a ton of time, but, you know, a little bit of time. He needs to be able to call and check up. Well, we don't have a landline at the house. And we had set up, you know, an old iPhone with, with just an iCloud account and he could FaceTime us, let us know he's home. And we finally just said, you know, he, sometimes he stays after school for clubs, sometimes he, whatever. Okay, so time for him to have a phone. Plus Verizon, like, gouges you unless you have four lines. So we were like, fine, mm-hmm. let's just get four lines. And, you know, Joshua can have his phone. And then we were like, okay, well, we, you know, we, I guess the nine-year-old can have a phone too because it doesn't <laughs> make a lot of sense not to have it, which 
Um, Tristan's totally. like Tristan's like an eleven year old. Yeah, he kind of like, acts like one. Yeah, he 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 like acts as old as Josh does. Yeah, but. and he <laughs> believe me, he'll tell you all about it too. That he's yeah. very mature. Um, so we just decided fine, you know. So we'll pass. We'll get and and Verizon was running a killer deal for the ten R's, the iPhone ten R's, and so we were like, you know, let's let's go get. We'll get new ten R's. Um, we've only got you know like. We've had the other ones for about a year and a half, but, you know, we'll go ahead and pass those down, the eight pluses, pass them down to the kids and oh, uh, whatever. So wait, 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 hold on. So uh, your kids now have a more up-to-date iPhone than I do. Yeah, you should probably still get rocking on that, the, I'm rocking the seven plus, so, uh, which is still probably, like. You should probably take care of that. It barely improved on the seven plus. There's no reason. <laughs> The eight plus it, is basically the same, and I do, and the ten yeah. R's are all weird. So I I will I say the the so far the facial recognition is kind of cool slash creepy for unlocking my phone. Yeah. Uh, so that part's kind of cool. But anyway, so um, so I you know I we get the new phones, which is great. But then you, of course you have to do the whole um, you know phone dance with. You know, yeah. getting taking the new phone and getting all your stuff moved over to the new phone and then whatever. So so I spent, I swear to God, I spent all day yesterday um, dealing with these four phones, trying to get them set up and trying to, you know, move stuff over and trying to set up the screen time on the phone. So for the kids' accounts, you can, like, monitor how much screen time. So I'm trying to set that up, you know, trying to set up the find my iPhone so that I can, you know, keep tabs on my children, right, wherever yeah. they're supposed to be. You know, yeah. so I'm setting all this stuff up. But this, this like, it took me – I was exhausted by the end of the night last night because trying to do this and waiting for some things to get done. Sarah's phone wasn't backed up properly. Not her fault. It just wasn't – there was some setting wasn't right. So I'm trying to get her phone backed up so I can get it restored to the new phone, like all this stuff. But the funniest part of the day was that, okay, so we're sitting there at Verizon. And we're like, okay, we have three boys. So, so I have, a, I have an 11 year old who's almost 12, nine year old, and then um, a six year old who's almost seven. And for for the listeners who don't know this, and so we're sitting there, and and Sarah and I kind of look at each other. We had this plan. We kind of look at each other, and we go, wait a second, like, okay, so Josh was getting a phone, Tristan's getting a phone, Atticus is getting nothing. <laughs> like we we're just yeah. kind of like, good luck with um, that. <laughs> Mm, you know, right. So we're like kind of trying to figure this out. Well, eventually, so we're like kind of talking to the guy there and, and he's like, well, you know, like if you need another device, you know, we have iPads, we have this. I'm like, yeah, we're not buying an iPad, you know, yeah. I mean, come on. So anyway, so eventually we see they have these kids watches. They're basically phone watches. They're called Gizmo watches. And so it's, it's a, basically it's a smartwatch. Um, it's a really simple, simple stripped down version, right? So what you do is there's there's a companion app that goes with it. You can program like a certain number of phone numbers in there. And then only those numbers can either – the watch can only receive calls from those numbers or oh. make calls to those numbers. So, so okay, so we get him this watch and we program it. We're like, okay, it's great. The watch is like, you know, 100 bucks or whatever. And, okay, great. It's five bucks a month for the phone line. Okay, fine. So we get him this thing and he's excited and his birthday is like two weeks away. We're like, 
like, this your birthday present? He's like, great. Okay, so so he's wearing this watch. So we get it all programmed up, and we uh, we program in, you know, our phone numbers, his brother's phone numbers, his grandparents' phone numbers. I swear to God, that kid has not stopped calling people for the last 24 hours. <laughs> like, all he's done is call people. He will call you when you're upstairs. He will call you when you're across the room. He will, like, pro- like punch in on his little phone and call you, and I'm like – Atticus, I'm right across the room and I'll answer it. I'll be like, hello, Atticus. And he goes, hi, dad. Bye. And then hang up. And then he laughs <laughs> and he runs away. And it's just like, what are you doing? And so his, uh, he has a very special relationship with my dad's wife. Um, that's, he calls her his Gaga. And, and I swear he has probably called her 50 times already. And she has <laughs> been very loving and patient and, um, has has been very uh, pay, like I said, loving and patient with him, and had phone calls with him, and um, it's pretty hilarious. Uh, we're hoping at some point here, um, the uh, the novelty wears off. I, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but it's we'll tough see. to say with a with a six year old is the, the novelty yeah. wear off. And, and that, you know, anything. the main selling point with the watch was the location, right? So it's like if he's wearing the watch, we know exactly where he is. Yeah. Uh, not that he spends a lot of time alone, but, but, you know, we'll know exactly where he is. So that was kind of the main selling point. He gets a neat tool, you know, it's, he can, not that he's going to be making a ton of phone calls, but you know, if the, the occasion ever arose, then, you know, he could make a phone call and, and, uh, you know, he does love talking to his Gaga. So, so it seems like, it seems like it's working out so far. All the phones are working out so far and dad, the IT guy only wasted an entire day trying to make that happen. Yeah, that's uh, always fun. Uh, I, I've only ever set up like one phone at a time, so uh, yeah, I so, don't recommend setting up four at the same time. Yeah, so I well uh, actually, I guess my my uh, my kiddo story this week is uh, technology related as well, um, and uh, Apple technology related as well. Because what what else do we even have these days? Uh, um, as I'm uh, talking to you on my uh, MacBook Air, right? My iPhone sitting next to me. Um, so I was, uh, um, I, like I said, I was in Nashville this weekend, and you know, uh, you get you start missing your kid, and and it's funny. Uh, when when I was when, before we had a kid, like I, I'd go on a work trip or whatever, and Amanda and I might text each other a few times during, you know. Uh, but we, it wouldn't be like some big deal to get on a call or whatever. But now I'm like finding myself like, okay, I have this time available. Uh, I want to face chat or FaceTime Beatrix. And so we have to, I'm like, don't let her go to sleep. You know, like she usually naps that time. Don't let her do it. So, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, I had every day while I was in Nashville, I, I FaceTimed her and uh, it, it was interesting. She's gotten so much, she knows that, um, like, if Amanda grabs the iPad and, like, opens up or, or a nap or, or she'll say, like, dad, dada, dada. And then she'll, um, she gets on the, the and this isn't funny, it's going to be cute. Sorry if you're looking for funny. Um, so she, I'll tell you this kid, when, uh, when, when I'm hanging out with her, including right when I got back, you know, today or yeah, the last couple of days, uh, I'm like, hey, give daddy a kiss, and she's like, yeah, give daddy a hug, and she's like, yeah, and uh, but even but strangers like or friends that'll come over, she'll give them hugs and kisses all the time. 
but when it was strange when I when I was on when I was in uh, Nashville, like I I wanted to FaceTime with her, but I couldn't even see her face because she kept trying to kiss my face on the screen, like because she's learned the like kiss, like kiss like thing. <laughs> Um, and so she's trying to kiss my face on the screen. She's trying to hug. Like, her version of a hug is just to put her head right next to your head. Like, she hasn't really figured out what the heck a hug is. Like, she only knows the head part. She doesn't know the arms part yet. Um, but she does the kisses. Kiss, she's, she's doing that the whole time. And, like, it, she's so she's figured, she, I think she's figured out that it's me on, on iPad. Like, she did a while ago. but And she always, even when she was, like, my first business trip, I think, was when she was two months old. And she's like she smiled when she saw me on the thing i think that was just because she could see us you see something on the screen that's the only thing she was interested in but now she knows it's me um because she'll uh grab the ipad and try to look around it like look behind it like she she and then she'll get frustrated like if we talk for too long she'll get mad because she'll she'll wonder where i am um so it, it's pretty interesting to see her kind of evolution with this um because she just like she tried she kept trying to bring books to me and like she it was pretty funny like she she's just like figured out this i i this facetime thing but she refuses to accept that i'm not actually there um because she can see my face so i must be there um we were playing peekaboo she she couldn't stop playing peekaboo um that's because she's definitely in the uh peekaboo is her most favorite thing like like uh, even I was getting times like okay, daddy needs to leave, and she should be doing some you know like going below the table, up above the table, below the table, like okay, and because you you don't want to make her sad, but of course when you hang up, if she's on to her next thing, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so it, it's been pretty funny like watching her kind of evolve to like the way she deals with um, FaceTiming me when I when I'm out of town, and the way I deal with like. I'm um, having to like schedule time to uh, FaceTime my daughter because I'm uh, this is why I don't watch Last of or This of Us. Last of Us is a great video game. That's what I meant to say. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, so that that's my kid story. It's not not very funny this week. Sorry, but it's cute. It's so cute. Um, yeah, so well, that's that's probably probably good. Um, I think all of y'all are probably tired of listening. Uh, to us. <laughs> that's okay we don't care yeah we don't care um so uh yeah uh if you like this uh please give us five stars on whatever um you are listening on and if you don't like it um screw you we don't like you screw anyway. we don't like you also don't rate it um yeah don't do that either yeah uh just give us a five star rating and, the, and then the description say it sucks but just still yeah. give us a five star rating yeah, I uh, think that's a good idea. Yeah, you can find us now. I don't know. I guess I don't need to tell you that, but you can find us everywhere now. Pretty much, pretty every, much everywhere. Even Outcast, whatever, Overcast. Yeah, we're on there too. Um, yep. So, uh, and uh, you can, like I said earlier, um, I always tweet out the the beer I'm having while we're recording the podcast, so you can get some like inside info, like before it drops. Um, so that's uh, uh, the Craig Powers. Um, and then uh, if you like Instagrams, Craig W. Powers, I put lots of beer on there. If this is if you're listening to this for the beer, which you would have stopped listening an hour ago. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so please uh, keep listening. Uh, 
we appreciate it, but also we don't care. Like, just don't listen. I don't care. Do you care, Jeff? Nope. Don't care. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, we don't care. And bye. See ya.